0: Now you play who were you? Toby. Belch. Toby Belch. Na- yes, yes. Toby Belch. Yes, yes. With some very, very that was some, there were some lovely people in that. And now Toby Belch, he's a comic foil to ch- because Jim Raystreet was in that as well, wasn't he? he was said uh, earlier. Yes. Very good. But, um, Andrew Aggacheep was Mike Gerard. Ah oh, yes. Lovely Mike Gerard. I was loved once angry that's not me talking that's andrew um, yes 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 and that's mike gerard yes what a what a what and he he was as loved he uh, mike was as lovely as his character actually. he was a lovely man yes as lovely as his character very 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 close to his character i, I thought you know beloved by everybody mm. and a and a really a really fine sort of quiet sense of humor I think. Mm. lovely man lovely lovely guy lovely guy yeah, so you've done Shakespeare and you've done at uh, Horscroft, of course. Did Halscraft, um three times, I think. Did Much Ado with you as well. Of course. And uh, again with... Oh, that. you weren't so nice a character in that, were you then, Sting? Uh, much Ado, the, the, mm. love, the love god, Don Pedro. Y- yes. I never yeah. felt totally comfortable in that part. He was quite, because he's quite, uh, he's got his eye for the ladies and so on. Yes, yes. Dodgy, really. <laughs> uh, again, very far away from your own uh, thoroughly gentlemanly self, which is totally, a totally accurate description. Um, so what else did you do at Holscroft? Um, the importance of being earnest. Ah. Again with Estelle Han. And who were you in that? The Reverend Chaucerball. Oh, right. Lovely part. Playing opposite um, lovely Maggie Curtis. Oh, was she? Um, Miss Prism. Miss Prism. Yeah. Oh, it was lovely. (laughs) Again, another really delightful person that much missed. Much missed, yes, yeah. But I, isn't it interesting that in being in theatre, you know, gives us ha- the happiest of memories of people, doesn't it? Because you, you say the word Maggie Curtis, and and for me, because I knew her really from, from theatre, all sorts of, you know, Amadeus and uh, and uh, Lettuce and Luggage, I think did she? And uh, she probably did Lettuce and Luggage. Yes, I was, I was a um, house manager for Lettuce and Luggage. Were you in that? No, for my time. And it went to Ragley Hall. Mm. Uh, and then when the performance was on, I had free range of the whole of Ragley Hall, just wandering around this wonderful house on my own. It was brilliant. <laughs> and I went out outside and that's when I discovered peacocks roosting trees. This tree was full of peacocks. I are, are you having it. me on? Roger? No, I'm not having you on. <laughs> there were peacocks pe- Are you talking about spaghetti trees? Peacocks? No, 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 no. That was Richard Dimbleby in Panorama. Yes, peacocks roost. I, think <laughs> I will Google that after soon as we finish chatting. I, I saw them, Graham. You. I may yeah. have had an odd drink or two in between the performers. but well, I doubt that. Only of, only of, uh, you know. Um, Minidex or something, but they. The only thing I know about them is that they one of them used to fly over. I had a house in Ulster, and uh, we used to get the ragly peacocks landing in our garden, and they deposit the most monumental amounts of uh wastage. Really? That's the that's that's all I know about peacocks. Well, they are big birds, well, and they roost in trees. And they roost in trees. Never walk under a tree in Ragley would be that. Oh, no. no. <laughs> um, that. See, you, you actually did the show up at Ragley, did you? What was an outdoor thing? No, it was inside. Mm-hmm. Did you do the thing, at, talking of big houses, uh, at. Uh, what did you do Midsummer Night's like Dream at uh, Alston Manor? We did it in the grounds. You were in that, weren't you? Yes, yes, we did it on the ground. Yes, I I had a ladder. I I was Oberon, yes. And I climbed up a tree and and watched the lovers from my bow. Did you find a peacock in that tree? No, no. You climbed up a tree? There was one magical night, because we managed the whole run throughout the summer with no rain, but there was just this briefest of showers, just before the fairies came on, and then it stopped, and the sun came out, and there was a rainbow. Oh, how delightful! It was beautiful. No doubt Estelle had arranged that rainbow, I would have thought. Well, Estelle could arrange anything, couldn't Gosh, and still can, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Keeps Kevin in order, so uh, you know. And keep Kevin in order. I can still remember clearly the night I first met Kevin and Estelle. Oh, really? Yes. Because I'd, I'd left. Studley where I was in the Signet Players with a chap called Alan Hawkins and we both independently moved to Stratford uh, and wanted to carry on with drama didn't want to travel to Studley couldn't find anything that we wanted we wanted to do something a bit more adventurous and different and original and decided we'd set up a a new group uh which is mainly down to Alan because I I just tagged along and let him do all the the hard work. And after about six months, we'd almost given up. And we advertised one last meeting at the Thatch Tavern. And it was about nine o'clock at night. And in walked this couple bursting with enthusiasm and talent and energy. And it was Kevin and Estelle Hand. And soon after, we had second thoughts. And they never looked back. Was that the first time you met them? Yeah, it was the first time I met them. Yes, mm-hmm. and that was the birth of second thoughts that night. Yes, Kevin in his band the bomb scarf. In his what scarf? He was very politically active then. He's banned the bomb. He banned the bomb. Yeah. Well, indeed, it it, it did. It, it was removed from this country. So. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, it, it worked. Yeah. Uh, Green and Common, of course. They've taken all those missiles away, haven't they? But, and we're all a lot safer now that uh, Donald Trump has gone for the record, because I may well listen to this in the future, you know, when uh, Kamala Harris has taken over, hopefully. So, yeah, so that was Second Thought's birth. Mm. And you were in quite a lot of Second Thoughts shows, weren't you, after that, as you say? Yes, but you know what the best production I was ever in was? Yes... Amadeus. Amadeus. Well, now, who was, who was the chap who played He oh, was an imposter. I do. I remember bumping. Do you remember how complex it was backstage at the Swan? I remember bumping into you one night and you were due on stage and you were lost. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm lost when I get on stage. Don't I? I don't think I was very helpful because we used to get a call, didn't we? Uh did we Mr Tyra are you on stage now Tyra, get off the stage you, you <laughs> <will>. <laughs> but it was it was wonderful wasn't it oh it was such a, a pl- uh, privilege to be in that theater was it wasn't it? absolute privilege absolutely were the king in that but you were the emperor, the king or emperor emperor joseph Emperor, Joseph. we better set the record straight because, as you quite rightly said, uh, we forgot we got your uh, part. You got my title wrong and my name wrong, but never mind. Remember Emperor you? Joseph of Austria. You were not uh, what? What? Chop, chop! The king. You were. What was his catchphrase? Well, there it is. Well, there it is. <laughs> and his other one about. Uh... And and, and they'd listen to the music. What do you think of it? Uh, too many notes. <laughs> and of we course if we could do it again, yeah. we could do it again, couldn't we? Well <laughs> <laughs> they tried to argue with him and say there was about a bit more than too many notes and he just dismissed them with yes. Well, there it is. Lovely. Everyone everyone was good in that. Everyone. Oh. Richard was Richard was Oh, Richard was outstanding. Yeah. And even even the likes of Phil Bruce Moore, who didn't have a word to say yes it was very funny it was a, yes. a pastry chef I think yes bring the nipples of Venus <laughs> <laughs> yes it's interesting isn't it how we remember these people there's just another thing about acting really isn't it about amateur theatre at any rate that uh, you know once you get to know people you you, you tend to now, it's very bonding I think it's very bonding it keeps it it it, it, it well, well, there are so many people that we know from uh, years ago who we still know, you know. Mm. Um, and that's, And I think it's a very, it's a very, uh, it brings but well, It brings people together, doesn't it? It brings people together and sort of keep, keep, keeps them together because you don't lose. You don't, well, such some people do, but. People say it's a bug, don't they? You know, once you've got it, you can't, which is an unfortunate thing to say at the moment. But um, It's a lifelong joy is what it is, I think. A lifelong joy, because we can go on doing it. Yeah, yeah. Forever. I think so, yes. As long as we can, even if you can't remember your lines, it's still a laugh. Absolutely. And I I very rarely remember my lines, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I think you do. How long do you shout loud enough when you're on stage, <laughs> that's what I think. So, are there, as we begin to draw towards our curtain call on this podcast, mm-hmm. I will. I will, what My my plan is that I want to do these and then um, in about a year's time re- revisit them and see see uh, see how see whether the world has improved. All right, <laughs> which it uh, it will. It will might be. If Boris Johnson goes and the whole government resigns and um, we get somebody sensible and we go back into Europe, which would be... Um, I can't say that. I'm a permanent optimist. I think what will happen is, here's my prediction for for my future podcast uh, episode, that Boris Johnson, you've got to expect the completely... What is the most barking, mad thing you can expect from him? And that's probably what he'll do. So I think in a couple of uh, months' time, he'll say... Out, or, or we should be enough. Uh, but listen, folks, um, why don't we uh, form some kind of cooperative? Uh, <laughs> uh, people in Europe, we would lead it. Lead it. It could be a some, what? Let's call it a, a single market. Yes. Yes. I mean, that's that's. I'm sure that's what will come out of these talks. I'm absolutely sure of it. Is. Well, that is supreme optimism. Well, it ain't <laughs> going to happen, Graham. I mean, what? Well, I mean, if the most barking things can happen, like Donald Trump. Uh, then pretty much anything can happen. But anyway, where was I? Uh, yes. Oh, yes. If the if it, so because uh, you don't if, are there parts that you would like to play still? Would have? I don't know. Don't know that there are parts. so no. I'm, well, nothing to bring you to mind. mind. No. Have, um, sometimes people do have a play they really want to do. Well. I'd... If we can't do Amadeus again, you know. I've, I've got a play that I've written, but it'll never happen. Well, because yeah, one of the things that occupies my time is I'm a writer of unpublished novels. Are you indeed? Yeah, uh, yes. F- five to date, but I don't like sending them off to people because they send them back and say, well, we don't know you, or we'll publish if you give us £2,000. Something like oh, that. Can't you, you can put them on Amazon yourself? Um, I know you can. Yes, yes. Um, I just like doing it. When, it. when I've done it, I've done it. That's that's the end of it. What is the most? What is your but, favorite novel that you've written? Um, the, the first one I wrote was, in a way, inspired by you, <laughs> because I, I, I've shared at times with you some of my father's poetry. I don't yes. know if you remember. Yes. Yes. Uh, and they, I mentioned that they spanned from the 20s to the 70s. And you said, oh, there's a project there. And that stuck in my mind. Hmm. So I wrote a novel based on him. Because apart from being a poet, he was a, a conscientious objector in the Second World War. So I thought, there's a, there's a good story here. Oh, there is i mean i've embellished it and it's part fact and part fiction mm. um and it's it's the story is told around a selection of about a dozen of his poems it mm. uh, starts with one and ends with the same one um and and then i wrote a a play version of it oh. um mm. with a narrator but I'm not very good at getting things off the ground, so it, it, it'll it never be done. But in these days of Zoom theatre, it could be at least, at the very least, read by by a group of willing... But it could, it could that, yes, yes, it could. so minded. Yeah. I've, done, I've, done, I've, 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 I've been involved in a few things in this past year. I think Zoom has been quite liberating for people who've got, you know, like writing and so on. Mm. Well, uh I would very happily help you organize something of that sort if you wanted to do it on zoom and uh, and see if you see see how it went, really yes, I'm not because I'm not brilliant at some of like, that. I don't know how to set up a zoom meeting oh, I do, I do well, have a think about it Roger if you uh, I still recording yes oh, so this is it's it's a, uh, I'll make it as I promised you, dear boy, if you wish to. Or maybe I should perhaps send you to have a look at something before because you might think, no, I don't want to be involved with it. You don't have to print scripts or anything. They can be just read off the screen as you do. Yeah. Your Phoenix news. Yeah. That is a pretty brilliant thing. So, five novels. Yes. It is a wonderful thing to do, though, isn't it? It's a wonderful thing to do, writing. writing. I I just love it and I love the research that goes with it. Are they all based on. uh, fact, factual things. Um, no, no, three of them are, but two of them are very lightweight. It's uh, science fiction. they're time slip mm-hmm. about a seventy-year-old who's rather boring and then becomes interesting. And who's read them? Oh, just a few close friends. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> interesting, isn't it? Very yeah, interesting. And uh, as you say, it can be a bit dishing to the confidence, I suppose, if, if you if bung it out to people to publishers, and they say, actually, with with fiction, you have to go back through an agent. You have to find an agent first. Well, you don't have to find an agent. It's advisable to. Ah. Um, and but and then you don't, then you hear, of course, people say, well, uh, if you haven't had if you haven't had your novel rejected twenty five times, you're not trying no and you see that's it you see i've i've, I've had them rejected about, about four times that's about all i've sent oh, I, I, but yeah no I, I I just don't do it uh, <laughs> i'm not that bothered about getting them published right. i like i like getting written um mm. but i did get two two actual contracts sent to me did you yeah, and they said, but you, put, but you had to put in two or three thousand pounds. And they said, but we'll do all the publicity and all the everything else, and mm-hmm. and you get two percent of the profits or something. <laughs> yes, well, yes, as you say, there ought to be a space somewhere, electricity, where well, there, there is, I think. You mean not Amazon? Uh, no, on the internet, no, uh, not, not necessarily Amazon. I think there are. Ways and means yeah. where people can put their own work for yeah. to read if they have if they're so minded. Yeah, yeah. I think that well, yes, because I, I I was I would be i delighted to look at some of your work. I know other people would too because the poems that you've obviously got. This is a whether well, it's genetic or not, but your dad's poems that I read were absolutely beautiful. And um, so it is a it is clearly a familial trait. But do send me your play, uh, Roger, if you would care to, and then uh, we'll, we'll, amongst, get, get maybe get some if you if you if you feel it's appropriate, get a few people together and, and just hear it read. Have you heard it read? No, I haven't. No. Oh, well, wow. what what is your email address? Uh, I'll tell you after the show. Okay. <laughs> oh, I keep forgetting we're on a show. Yes, <laughs> I, I forget the two listeners. Yes, yeah, but that's Kevin one. and Estelle, is it? Kevin and Estelle. Yes, yeah. I mean, no, Richard Sandel, because we've mentioned to him. Oh yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a friend of the show. <laughs> Good for Richard. These are like these are brilliant. These I love doing these. You see, because these are this is like because I've got photograph albums and I've got pictures of people, but I haven't got any sounds of people. No, you look at all the shows that we do. And I know video recordings never capture it, but I haven't got sound recordings of it, so I thought I should jolly well put that mind. Anyway, Roger, I'm going to draw the uh, curtain over our performance here. uh, It's been lovely talking to you in this manner. It does. um, I've enjoyed it. It's interesting, isn't it? Because you can never sit down and chat with people in the pub, which is great, or wherever. Uh, Not that I I visit those those places at all, uh, now now or then. But you can talk to people socially. There's something about doing a podcast that adds a little bit of, I don't know what to it, it's almost not worth thinking about. But Roger, uh, let it be said once again. I'm sure both my both listeners will agree that, and I know I, I don't say this to flatter you, but but um, there's the truth that you are one of the uh, most gentlemanly people uh, uh, I've ever met, and uh, certainly one of the most talented actors I've ever seen, and uh, one of the most well-loved teachers and head teachers in in, in the uh, profession. So, it's um, oh, oh, a you're showering me with compliments, oh. you're too kind. That all meant. Right, where's the off button? The off button is. There. Well, thank you for tuning in to my conversation with the gentleman actor, gifted educator and raconteur, Mr. Roger Goland. And thank you, Roger, uh, for coming on to these, uh, this uh, podcast. Well, I hope you might tune in next time to the next conversation I have with somebody else I'm able to entice in front of a microphone. Um, And I have to do my best to replace the bathroom microphone I was using with something that makes it a slightly more easy listen. Thank you, Roger. And thank you for tuning in.